This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Oh my god, Unji, we're back together again. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so I excited. I can't believe I, I was, I'm so sorry I wasn't there last week. And You're you had busy to do, with show business. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, you say it with such mm, bile. <laughs> There's a certain amount of bile in the mouth when you say... What are you talking about? What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> well, welcome back to the show. Uh, by the way, great episode last week. I skimmed through it. I got all the pertinent points. You have a new. Uh, you have a new. Um, what's it called? What diagnosis? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it exciting? How beautiful is that? That's it's exciting. exciting. It's exciting. Which, sure. Demoralizing it, and exciting, all the same. Everything. You're learning more about yourself. Now things make sense of why you are so rude. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming together for me. Uh, And yet I feel, I don't feel better. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, and we're glad you don't because you you keep (laughs) gracing us with all the stories. No, I, I really loved it. And, you know, it does suck when... We have to take some time off, but this is so exciting. We just did a Patreon. Go check out the Patreon. I got angry about something, and it's probably going to ruin my career. So um, for the 46 of you who listen, go check and it out. How about this? It won't ruin Peter's career. It might ruin another person's career. <laughs> no, no, I hope not. I hope not. No. <laughs> um, okay, so it's time for Kick-Ass Koreans. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good to do that together. I know, right? I am very excited for my kick-ass Korean this week. I'm really excited. My, I saw it. And I was like, what? Did you? So exciting. Oh my God, right? Okay, so my kick-ass Korean is none other than Emma Unju Choi. Unju! Unju! What's up, Unju? Um, you, you, as if she's listening. She <laughs> is part of the um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me team. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's an NPR show, highly f- uh, popular. It happens it's the number Chicago. one. It's the number one po- comedy podcast. Po- comedy podcast. It's, it's a like number a quiz one show with comedy podcast. Yeah, our friend uh, Julia Weiss uh, used to contribute to it. Uh, Rashawn Scott, yes. another friend. Adam uh, Burke. Adam Burke, great co- Chicago comedians. It's like a. Sh- it, it it's an internationally famous thing, but it, anyway, it's a huge show. Yes, uh, and she was part of the team in in 2021 as an intern, uh, where she became known for running the show's Instagram account. Yes, she's very funny. Yeah, and she her play, she's a writer, comedian, uh, appeared in the DC Fringe Festival. Her short fiction has been featured in print, online. <laughs> everywhere and she's a graduate uh, she's still in college right now she's, she's major really in english young, yeah. she's really young i think but she's 21 i believe maybe Very just young. recently she's still in yeah college. but she's really yeah. young yeah and um she will now be taking over as um a, a, the host of a brand new show that's an offshoot of wait wait don't tell me exciting it's 
It's so exciting. It's called Everyone and Their Mom. And it's a midweek show where she goes deep, deeper into the topics with the comedians that are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So they're really taking their uh, show format and, and digging deeper and, and enterprising. And I'm. it comes out February 23rd, which is like tomorrow, if you guys are listening yes. to this on Tuesday. So I'm so excited to listen to that. She sounds cool as hell. And um, I, I've heard some clips to, on the NPR website. And... She sounds dope, and I'm She's so excited very for funny. her. If, so if you don't follow the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Instagram, that's where she mm. really started to pop off. And mm. like, is she because they didn't really feature her that much on the actual show, but the Instagram itself, like, it's like she was the one that was kind of taking over. And if you're interested, like, it is something where if you follow the show, it is a much more young slant. It is uh, a much more inclusive slant. And also, um, she like reminds me of uh, like the relationship that she had uh, that uh, Karen Chi had with Seth Meyers. Mm. It's very mm-hmm. similar. Like this, oh, it's very the young cute. millennial or yet the young voice Z, that's yeah. like yeah. Um, I love that, and the t- Koreans are doing it with such a plum. <laughs> yes, Emma takes on the role of everyone and their mom each Wednesday, where she's going to be talking about uh, the stories of the week and use it as an excuse to hang out with culture makers. Wait, wait, panelists, hilarious new comedians. I'm so excited for you, Emma. Yay! Yay! Yeah! Okay, so my kick-ass Korean is actually uh, uh, a bit darker i did go into a deep dive on this whole story i had so many kick-ass koreans this week but this is the one i really honed in on i will be using all the other ones later and i will probably be using many of the ones from this story in uh future kick-ass koreans but there is a documentary that just got it accepted into sundance uh mm. called the uh called free chorsu yi mm. and Basically, it's a documentary about a criminal justice sort of story. He predates, uh, Torsui uh, predates Vincent Chin in terms of like mm-hmm. activism inside of the Asian American community. So Torsui was, uh, he is the product of an American soldier. His mother was a Korean woman. And he was born mm-hmm. during the war and uh, to a single mother. And then his mother's family obviously disowned her during that era. And then he immigrated to San Francisco before he was 10. And because he was living in America in the 60s, uh, he wound up like acting out. And Mm -hmm. they were obviously very poor. Like this kind of story that Peter and I and like the kind of stories that we try to um, amplify on this podcast. So by 1967, he was in the California Youth Authority. He was like isolated. He was living in Chinatown and he was like a young, quote unquote, young street punk. Hot. <laughs> yes. And so he, he was frequently, he was living in Chinatown. So he was like, quote, I often felt like the lone Korean in Chinatown. So he hung out in bars, pool halls, like places that you and I have mm-hmm. frequented, right? except in the 90s and 2000s. And so he wound up uh, in the possession of a handgun borrowed from the manager of a strip club where he worked as like a barker. And Mm -hmm. while he was cleaning it, the gun went off. (gasps) And this led to an arrest. And he was uh, 
wound up being prosecuted and found guilty of a murder. Oh my god. Yes. But it was like someone else someone else's murder that he was blamed for? Yes. Wrongfully okay. accused and wrongfully convicted. Oh, okay. So the gun had been used in an execution <clears throat> style killing of a alleged gang member. Mm-hmm. With possible ties to the War Ching King gang uh, in Chinatown, mm. he was shot in broad daylight uh, in 1973. Now, three white witnesses, tourists, identified him in a lineup. Oh my God! Now, no. now the detective that <sighs> arrested him, and I was listening to a, vi- uh, a a talk between the documentarians who are my guest Koreans. Julie, uh, Julia Ha and Eugene Yi. Uh, the documentarians were talking about how they had spoken to the detective and he said, and he said it was okay to say that when he meets his maker, mm-hmm. that the one in his 22 years on the force, that this was the case where he wasn't sure. Hmm. And now the police officer identified Lee as Chinese Mm-hmm. sort of like offhandly on stand. And so like everyone just were like, yeah, he's a Chinese. Yeah. And so he was convicted. Now he oh spent years in jail. Now this calls into mind another kick-ass Korean that's going to happen uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, Kyung Wang Yi, KW Lee, huge activist in California. He's a journalist. And he's the one that advocated that Torsui was not had been wrongfully accused. Hmm. Now, what happened was like this huge sort of like activism in the 70s that was happening in the Asian American community, the Yellow Power movement, um, kind of coalesced around this wrongful acute, wrongful conviction. Hmm. And they really advocated for him to be freed. And that's what this documentary also um, like kind of depicts. So he winds up being um, exonerated. Why? Like, he gets exonerated almost in the same year that Vincent Chin dies and is murdered. And basically, he is freed under like these, like the sort of auspices of like freedom and like all this like kind of fanfare. There's a movie about him called True Believer. Um, within the next couple of years, like he's heralded, mm. but there is no infrastructure for him to succeed outside of prison. <sighs> so he winds up getting convicted again. He falls no. in because he he at oh that my god because at that point he had been fallen in with the wrong people. Right, right. So this story in and of itself is tragic, t- tragic, an indictment of the criminal justice system in America. Um, indicative of like what it is to have no money in America. Mm-hmm. But what these directors, Julie Ha and Eugene do is really point out the fact that this is a part of Asian American history in America, mm-hmm. right? Like that this sort of injustice happens in our community as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think so much about like, we've talked about it in a lot of uh, Korean American community when people fall in with the law there's like this kind of assumption that well did he deserve it mm-hmm. there's so much classism there's so much yeah. colorism there's so much shame around being poor 
right? There's this idea that as a model minority, we'll be able to overcome. Mm -hmm. And that this documentary really um, kind of shines a spotlight, not only on the injustice that occurred within the criminal justice system, but within the Asian American community, um, sort of what the narrative looks like inside of a white world with someone like this. But what was like really interesting was just like having a conversation around, this is the thing that just transcends Asian Americanness, but it's like he felt so much pressure after he had been exonerated to be mm-hmm. a saint. And right. that's what happens when we deify anybody. And like, it's so much about like what it means, like when you have in this era of social media, like clout and stuff, like he had this like cadre of like activists around him and none of them could save him. He wound up going back to jail and because uh, he had been convicted for arson and he wound up getting really burned in this mm. arson that he wound up not being paid for. <laughs> he went back to jail oh, God. and then he totally turned his life around. Found God. Found <laughs> Did he find Jesus? But like, tell me he found Jesus. <laughs> he did not. He found. Oh. He did not. <laughs> but he did find like the wrongness of his ways, right? And so this sort of uh, nuance instead of history is what this documentary attempts to rectify. And so the Asian American community was like activism specifically was kind of changed around this very specific story not only vincent chin because vincent chin is a very clear story Mm -hmm. in this story the protagonist is not so clearly cut like good or bad sure yeah and And this is more uh, nuanced yeah that's more indicative of the rest of our experiences and what it is to be just poor here yeah and it feels um you know, we didn't discuss it last week. I, I wasn't on the pod, but this, it feels right now important to have something like this be accepted at Sundance, to have directors, Korean directors, telling this story, um, especially at a time like when something like Christina you yes. Lee yes. is happening. Yes. You know, to be followed home to your own home, that I know it hasn't been marked as a hate crime yet, but like it's just it's adding to the fabric of what's happening right now. And, and it's scary. Be, and it also needs to be a nuanced conversation. Yeah. Like, like we need to like really keep talking about this. So I'm so excited health, that it's this about is, all those things. Right. So yeah. like. This documentary and the work that these two directors put into it, they're both first-time directors. So Julie... Cool. Uh, yes, it is It is very cool. And so um, Julie Ha is actually a, a journalist. So she's the former editor-in-chief of Koryam Journal, mm-hmm. which we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. And Eugene is a film editor who were compelled by the story to cool. act. And so yeah. we've talking we've been talking a lot on the pod about like political action and what that looks like. And the thing is, it's not just that. It's not just uh, representation in mainstream movies and video and uh, content, but it's also stuff like this, 
right? Like where academics and documentarians are coming together and telling stories that are true and nuanced and where the conversation isn't simply black and white. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's like sort of those were and like I did a deep dive into this and it was just like so crazy because this led me into a deep dive. So I just want to point this out. It's like when we give you these kick-ass Koreans, I always hope that that wiki search leads you to another hyperlink, leads you to another hyperlink. Like that's what this did. And mm-hmm. KW Lee... Um, I just like wound up reading about how the first one of the the last survivor of the Titanic, by the way, that they pulled from the fucking waters was Chinese. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea. And it's James uh, Cameron. James, where the fuck? Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> but I mean, like, it's stuff like that. Where are we? Where are we in history? Yeah. And it's like. There's so conveniently many conveniently written out conveniently written out. And so there are so yes. many times when we talk about this stuff, when I bring it up where like when I do these deep dives, I wind up on a hyperlink where I'm, I am gasping mm. at how erased we've been from the story. Oof. And that's what this documentary is trying to rectify. And at the same time, bring into question why these conversations aren't more nuanced. And it's not just about Asian American history. It's about criminal justice in our country. It's about classism in this country. And I just, so for me, I I would highly recommend, there's this conversation that they had. We will link to it on awesomenews.com. And uh, it's a review of the documentary, but there is a video of um, of a talk from sponsored by the Asia Society through uh, Sundance Film Festival with the two uh, documentary makers. And it is so compelling. And it led me to another um, documentary called uh, about, um, what the fuck is his name? Sebastian. John Cho. Okay. <laughs> Sebastian. Wrong one. Sebastian. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's about the the these people that wind up getting their degrees at from Bard in prison, and one of the prisoners is a Korean guy, and his name is Sebastian, and he voices, uh, the, uh, he vo- he voices um, Chosui in the documentary. Oh, okay. And it's like such wow. an intimate conversation that they have about like what mm-hmm. it is to be incarcerated and then released with no infrastructure to help them. Like, because in this country, recidivism is such a problem. Like the criminal justice system doesn't try to prevent recidivism. All we're trying to do is lock up criminals. Mm-hmm. And there's no idea. There is no um, pathway towards redemption for anyone. And... Like when you're, well, you don't want to lose the cheap labor force now. <laughs> <laughs> how I mean, will we make our Purell? How, how, <laughs> how will this happen? So it's like one of those conversations that are like incredibly nuanced. And to see Asian Americans involved in the story is like incredibly compelling and important. And so those are my yeah. kick-ass Koreans this week. You better believe. Julie Ha, Eugene Yee, Key. Yeah! All right, folks, check out Julie Ha, 
Eugene Yee, and also the new show, the NPR podcast, starting starring hosting Emma Choi. Uh, check out all those kick-ass Koreans this week, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Hi. Now, um, first and foremost, we have to we have something to announce Te- to tease. Isn't it we have something to tease. Tease. Unji and I will be at the Washington D.C. Comedy Loft ah! on June seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Tickets are not up yet, but once tickets are up, the, we will link it to the Patreons first. You guys get first dibs, and then everybody else can join in whenever you want to. But we're so excited to announce that we have uh, uh, finally moved our live show dates. So we will be doing a that Sunday, the nineteenth. Unji and I will be doing an Ajuma show live. Yes, at a the podca- a live podcast recording. Yes. Live podcast recording, and then uh, but the two nights before Friday and Saturday nights, we will be doing stand up comedy. Um, two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday. Please get excited. We're so excited to see We're you, so DC. Once we get the ticket link info and all the information, we will link it uh, to you guys. Uh, we're so excited. I, I haven't been to D.C. since I was a child. Have you been to D.C.? Not since I was a child, by which I mean yeah, we're gonna in be my 20s. Ver- yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not a child. You were fully an adult. But I was a child. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very excited to go. We'll be very close to the White House. There's going to be, and I'm looking forward to the energy of DC. I can't wait to storm the Capitol. I mean, like, I'm just, <laughs> I, I can't just wait. Just as a patriot? Yeah, as I, a, must. I, I am a patriot. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a recent uh, citizen and I will show yeah. them my passport telling them the exact date of my patriation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. But yeah, I'm so excited. If you are I'm so excited. If you're a listener in the DC area, tell your friends, come out. It'll be It's in so- June. It's going to it's a long time away, uh, but you know, get yourself excited. We're going to be edging you for 4 months, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. I'm really excited. I I am though kind of getting a little scared because scared. I, I got to do fifty five minutes of comedy. <laughs> That's and as you guys know, I'm not doing comedy these days. You are doing not, comedy. Yeah, in a room f- for ten people. Yeah, you know that's like I mean? that's like, like regular comedy. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but you know, I'm not going out there doing sets. You know, I, I'm doing sets here and there, but I'm really not. I, I'm doing maybe one every few weeks. Yeah, you're not grinding. I'm not grinding. So in when you're not grinding, you're just kind of doing a best of set to go have a good time and a and a smoke and a drink or whatever, and then you just fucking call it a day. And it's L.A., so by 10:30 p.m. you're home and you're snug. You know, but like it's kind of a dream. Yeah, <laughs> it really is the dream. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in D.C. It's going to be a whole different thing. It's going to be you and me. You're going to be featuring for me. This yeah. is the first time this has ever happened. I'm really excited. Uh, this is the first time I'm doing a 55-minute set. Are you really nervous about it? I'm a little nervous. I don't know. I don't. I, I need to work out material. 
Yeah, you have a lot of time. It's a lot of time, but again, I'm not hustling sets. So what do I do with that time? Well, you got to start hustling some sets. <laughs> no, I can't. And you know me, I'm a fucking, pro- uh, I, I, I'm not a protagonist. I'm a procrastinator. I'm the, pro- I, and I, I will wait till the last minute to do anything. Yeah. So, so like in the last month, you'll you figure it last, out. Yeah. Last month, last two days before. I'm going to be like, oh, can I come do your show? And do 20 minutes? Yeah, minutes? no, yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> can I do come to your set and do 20 what, minutes? Do what? 10? 12. 12 at max. Okay. Yeah. So you, I, I'm for sure you can do at least in the month before you can figure out a way to do 12 minutes for every week. And then when you come to Chicago, like you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be fine. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, Ooh, it's exciting and like uh, I've, Peter, I have no doubt. Ooh. I have no doubt. It's, it's gonna be. I mean, if you come out, good. if you come out, I, there's no doubt that Peter will be able to uh, give you a full hour of rock. I don't know entertainment. if I have the stamina for an hour. Okay, Peter will be sweating so much, but you know, <laughs> I, you know, I'll be drenched up there. So, and that's how you oh know he's God. working, and that's how you know. Yeah, he's yeah, working. that's how you know your ticket price was worth it. <laughs> He will be Speaking working. of ticket price being worth it, yesterday I went to um, a play. Mm. And it was theater. a one-act play. A theater. Okay. It was. Um, I, I. It was a friend of mine who who. It was a staged reading. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know what those um, are. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like, you know, you have script in hand, but it's highly. It's directed, et cetera. Yeah. Anyway, we went, had a great time, mm-hmm. you know, good time. It's a good time to, you know, support and stuff like that. And the actors were all great. And, but the thing is, like, what really scared me was it felt I, I'm always so afraid mm-hmm. that I'm going to put up something and it not feel new. It not feel fresh. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Like my biggest fear is to tread the same treads. Like why are you adding your thing here? Sure. In the great fabric quilt mm-hmm. of our culture. Yeah. Why why are you adding your your box? Okay, I empathize and <laughs> very acutely understand your fear. Uh-huh. It's something that has haunted my dreams and my nightmares. Uh-huh. This okay fear about being trite. Yeah, uh, derivative. Derivative. And I think that's like some of it is also I think because you and I are as elder. I think the phrase I think I think the actual term is geriatric millennial. <laughs> we're we're proto millennials. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that because we're also very we're close. residual Xers. And that yes, so we yeah. are very close to Gen X, and Gen mm-hmm. Xers are obsessed with being original and. Uh huh. Posers. 
Yeah, not being a poser. Yeah, not being a poser. Being yeah, to- being authentic. Being utterly authentic. Authenticity or, or- is such a huge part of your art- artistic understanding of what it is to express yourself. Yeah. I will say uh, okay. this. I, I know this. Uh, I know this yeah. feeling. It's like so deeply embedded in me as a creative person. It's something that I've never been able to really uh, extricate myself from. Uh-huh. Let me just say this. Uh-huh. I, I, I just know that I'm coming from the same place, like punk <laughs> yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. Like I get it. Like if mm-hmm. you're not making a new sound, are you even making a sound? You know what I mean? Like yeah, like yeah. I I've dated, I fucked three bassists in noise bands. Okay, <laughs> have you ever listened to a okay. noise band? That's no, I think every band is a noise band. <laughs> I'm tired. Noise <laughs> band, po- yeah. post punk. Neo sound like I'm talking like insane like we were only hanging out in spaces. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> okay. Wait, uh, you're going to a bar? Lame. Uh, yeah. That's been done. We're going to a zone. We're going to a zone. We're going to a space. <laughs> this is like a this <laughs> this used to be belong to like blue collar men and now we're all doing drugs in it. Okay. Okay. I get it. I will say that I think that question is particularly evocative to people of color and minorities Mm -hmm. because um, no white man has ever thought before he went up and did a Tinder bit. But they must. No, they never thought that. I know, but that's what made me, that's what makes me angry. But, but the thing is that means that any sort of bit about dating you've ever seen has been, Uh is stupid, is done, is whatever that negates your voice. That negates your personal voice, and it, it's it's something that isn't necessarily fair because it's like as a person of color, as a minority, like your point of view. I think, especially around um, topics of race and your parents and stuff like that, you're always so concerned about whether or not another person has done it. It's trodden, trod, well trod territory. And it's like that's yeah, of course it is, but that's our observational humor. As people of color, as immigrants, as uh, queer people, like we're allowed mm. to also tread that territory without it being, and it's all going through the prism of our own point of view. It doesn't mean that it's hack. It doesn't mean that it's stupid. It doesn't mean that it's posery. Because like, if anything, it's much more, it is your voice. Like, why can't we tell our story from our, the myriad of perspectives? I, I I don't I think you can. I think where we may disagree is that your voice is your voice is valid no matter what, but you also have to I it, it's kind of like you, you I would I would hope for me mm-hmm to be self-aware enough to know that my voice is a replicate or it is actually authentic. But the replicate part of, part of it. Mm-hmm. I understand that's something that you do when you're young. But it's not even that. It's like even if you are both talking about the same thing, it doesn't mean that it's derivative. No, I, no, 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 yeah. no. I don't mean. I don't mean the content. Are you I talking mean about the take? I mean your take. Yes, 
Your take has to be your take. It can't be a take that's been taken. This, you're not Liam Neeson. This isn't Taken 12. You cannot have the same take a white man has had if you are a white man or any man. I, I, I think your take has to be either original to you, like authentic to you, or spun so differently that it's new. So you because hate all reboots. I, no, not all, but most. <laughs> yeah. For example, okay, like let's say, um, okay, when I was y- uh, younger, when we were younger, com- younger artists, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, you you carbon copy off the people you like. Always. That's how you start, right? You try on stuff. I used to want to be and do Louis C.K. Oh, yeah. There was an anger. There was yes. a rage that I connected yes. to. I understood it. It made sense. It mm-hmm. was taboo. He walked the line. He was smart. The way how the way he crafted his point of view was smart and surprising. And I wanted to do that. Yes. Now, I tried it. It did not work for me. <laughs> I am not Louis C.K. You know what I mean? Like, so, so... I'll give you a clear example. Duck vaginas, right? Yeah. Classic bit. Yeah. The whole bit, and I'm sorry to anyone who's being, who I am offending by quoting his bit, but I truly am doing it as a comedy study. Um, fuck him as a person. But um, truly. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, he's that, he's that, whatever. I, the, I mean, duck I, vagina I, I, bit. I, wait, I will also say, I would have stand, I would have caped for Louis C.K. if he had apologized. He's just a jerk. Yeah. I mean, like, truly, like, I mean, like, at this point, irredeemable. Yeah. Just like you had all these chances and now you're just going around doing the MAGA tour. So, like, whatever. Good on you. Yeah, truly. Like, I mean, I, I, but also. Go with your God. Yeah. Whatever. I I mean, truly, but I'm someone that would have caped for this (laughs) motherfucker till the ends of days if he had just apologized. Sure. And he missed out on caping. Yeah. He missed out my me caping for him. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> and he he will rue one day. I hope so. <laughs> and actually, that's a new thing that I'm gonna write down. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, write that down. <laughs> so his v- duck vagina bit, the way it goes is that he he went to Chinatown and he saw a, uh, a bucket of duck vaginas mm-hmm. just dried out and on for sale. Yes. With a scoop in it. Mm-hmm. And his whole point was how much do we need to um, completely dominate a species yes. that we collect your vaginas, dry them out, and put a scoop in, into the barrel and sell them for Other people have done this about chickens as a result. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a bit. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I know that bit. I like that bit. But I have a take about how we dominate things yeah you know so if i do it in in the way that he did it i'm just treading the same thing of course so therefore my point my take on the hubris of humanity and our aggressive way we dominate things i have to find a new take on it i have to find a new way to present that take because i can't do duck vaginas no. Or like chicken buttholes or whatever. Like no, you can't. Animal plus, 
taboo body part yeah. in a bucket is gone forever. Yeah. You may not tread that again. You can. You just, you're not adding anything new. Yeah, that's true. You know? So th- that's what I mean about um, wh- when I talk about like being afraid to be derivative is that like I don't ever want to be someone who's just hitting the same note again. I want to hit the third harmony. Right. No, and I, I will say you this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, the third harmony yeah. or even... The fifth. The fifth. <laughs> Give me the fifth. <laughs> if you're right here, you'll be right here. I'll be right there. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Was that the gayest thing that's ever happened? Yes. In this podcast? I think we have to just like be like, real, 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 that is the case. And you know what? Actually, that's exciting. Because I didn't... I, it's exciting. I mean, there's, there's so many times we're like, this is the gayest shit that's ever happened. And it's like, it's crazy that like, shit can get gayer. And hey, <laughs> shit can get gayer. <laughs> that's, that's our motto for Ajima Show. Shit can get gayer. And that's kind of exciting for me. Like I was like, oh, is this the limit of gayness? No. There, shit can always get gayer. And just, like, and, gayer. and just like how uh, things can get better. Um, <laughs> so like... I know I I hundred percent agree with you. I but I think that this is like where I am at with like larger ideas, like the idea of dominance over a cult, uh, over a uh, a species, over a culture. Like that's stuff that we can still play with. That Absolutely, as an idea. It's, yes, it's all human folly. It's right. all up for grabs. Because the thing is, like, what people don't really understand, I think. Uh, intellectually or math wise about comedy observationally like stuff like that with like Louie and Dave and like people these like people that are at like the like the crazy end of comedy mm-hmm. like the greats is that they're mm-hmm. ultimately sort of philosophers right and so like yeah, w- w- absolutely and so when we're talking about this and social commentary like when we're talking about like Young and Marx and like Nietzsche, mm-hmm. like they're also treading on the same ideas of reality, and mm-hmm. you know it's like it's that, but everyone has a new take, and right. so but they're playing sort of with the same ideas. So yes. so de- when we talk about derivative, I think it's like yeah, you can't talk about you know pig vaginas. You can't talk that's about what I mean. You know, that's about derivative. Feeds. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. Yeah. That's what not being original is. It's you just making the color pink instead of maroon, mm-hmm. you know, and instead of taking the color out and doing a hatch, you know, or like hat. It's a, making a hat. No, like a, a design on it, or like a hatch design, or like a hound's tooth, whatever. You know what I mean? Like making a silhouette, like, like creating a cameo, yeah, yeah. pulling it out yeah. and deconstructing it, whatever. My point is, this is all so stupid. It's not even worth discussing. It's just something I have been feeling about myself and my work is that when I approach things with an authentic like for lack of a better phrase navel gazing in an authentic way yeah. 
it always feels authentic. And I know when it's derivative, when I'm tr- just trying to like add on to the, like for example, Twitter. Most tweets are derivative. There's yes. now no new hot takes left on Twitter. Like it's not, once the thing's trending, like your thing isn't, it's been done. You need to, that's it why actually I needs to be like, derivative. It, yeah, it's that's the point. You're like following trend yeah. or like you're doing a, what is it called? Like a TikTok trend yeah. or whatever, you know, like anyway. So my point is I went to this play and it felt very that like one step removed. And I, there was a point where I was like, I'm enjoying this for my friend because it was a packed house and it was, you know, it, it, it was fun. Sure. But. It wasn't something it, 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 I'm really sinking into the like good for you, not for me type of that situation where like I think I'm starting to see how I can exist in the world where I can be happy for you. And for me not to like have to uh, have to agree with it or like be a fan of it. I guess it's less binary yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And before this, you had lived in this binary state? I think I... <laughs> you had, like, you, like, truly, like, were, like, either you love or I think or my you... opinions matter. <laughs> I guess my Am I embarrassing you? Wait. that thing... <laughs> No, I'm I'm embarrassing myself. I I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm starting to understand that my opinion doesn't really matter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I have. I didn't tell you this before. What are we talking about? (laughs) I'm so. You've never told me that. Actually, you keep asking for my opinion. I value your opinion. Yeah, Yeah. I value. That's what we do this fucking podcast for. We're constantly talking about how we feel about something or what our what we think about something. Yeah. You know, and that's what we do as what you say as a philosopher, as a comedian, as a I don't know, a satirist. You're thinking but without about moral judgment. That's the new thing. Without okay, that's the new thing yeah. is that I'm starting to remove the moral judge. Yes. I'm still critiquing. Yeah, it's but it's not. It's more like bad for you. <laughs> this is bad for bad. me. <laughs> bad boy, very bad, bad boy. No, I was able to be like, I'm so happy for you that yeah. you packed this house and had a great showing, even though. I don't particularly like drool over it. Yeah, I mean like But for so long I I, I only I guess I only operated in that like love it or hate it. If I love it, then I like it and I like it and I like and you're you yeah. that means you're good. If I like it, that means you're good enough to be for me to like. Interesting. You know, and that's and it's what a fucking horrible way to live. No, I it's so, no, I actually think that's so fascinating because I've never had that. And I think that's like the difference between someone with good taste and someone with bad taste. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know if no, good, I mean like I, I don't I, know if good taste ex- exists in, as far as like 
as a whole. Of course not. But I'm, you know I mean? I'm, like, I'm saying yeah. that like, I'm saying more that like you have like very specific ideas and feelings and opinions about art and what culture and content should look like. And I've never had that. Like truly, like it's been one of those things where I've been un- unfortunate enough uh-huh. <laughs> to never associate like my t- my particular your t- take your opinion about as with, valid as valid. So like, that's it, crazy to me. It is crazy. That's but, insane to me. I, I went through a period where I did do that, where I was like obsessed with like taste and culture and like. What does uh, what does Bloom have to say about something? What is like a critic? You know, like I, I don't. Uh, uh, okay. okay, I think so that's different. I think that's different. Criticism and like pretension, but I think that's different. I'm talking about my personal, like yeah, what it means to me. But I never trust my own taste. So, well, then what do you trust? No one. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, like, truly, like, I it, I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust anyone else. Like, it was just like, <clears throat> I like this or I don't like it. But whether or not I like it doesn't mean that it's good or bad. Because, like, in my yeah, experience. See, that's with, a good way to do it. That's that's the healthy way to do it. Is it, though? Because, like. It is. It is. Because I've, until, re- and I'll talk to this with my therapist tomorrow morning. <laughs> me too. <laughs> is that he constantly is telling me to stop judging and i don't understand him i always go why why are you telling me not to judge this when that's bad it's it's it feels good for me i feel a moral superiority i feel status i feel better about myself that i don't like this thing and he's like well, you ha- if you want a relationship mm-hmm. with this person, you have to not judge them. Ooh. And that scares me. That's horrible. Because I don't know how to do that. Those are the boundaries of the relationship. Kuronika, <laughs> like, I, it's just... <laughs> Those, like, that judgment... It are, okay. It's so diametrically opposed to how we were raised. Wait, can I just and say... I'm, can I just say, I think some of it is because my grandmother mm-hmm. was Buddhist. Mm-hmm. So like, see, I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, truly, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm truly, like, she was Buddhist. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm no, but it. she was Buddhist. Like, I think that like some of it is that. Like, I just have this like weird like. I never. I am like that. Very, 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 very judgmental. <laughs> it's a very churchy Christian. Yeah. Um, Korean church yeah, but it's thing. also Korean. But it's also a Korean yeah. thing. To just judge and be like, this is wrong, this is bad. Like, cause it's this like is a, right. Yeah, because yeah. we're trying to live in a fucking society. We're trying to like operate and we're making sure that <clears throat> right. we're sustaining and we're doing this thing. So exactly, if you're a fucking exactly, weirdo, exactly. then you're not good. And then this like, yeah, all makes sense. you're disrupting the fucking Confucian harmony yeah, I mean, that's all happening all around sense. us. It all fucking makes sense. It makes sense. But because you and I are split in this world, I'm having a very hard time squaring this fucking hole you know and it's or whatever it's squaring a hole you know square peg in a hole circular hole, whatever, a square, hole, square peg in a dunkamong yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly you got it 
It stinks is what I'm saying. <laughs> is that... <laughs> <laughs> Peter, it sucks to like Peter yeah. I have to pee so bad Can I take oh, a go, break? Oh go 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 Okay Because okay. before I didn't here. pee I just like got a charger Okay go back to All Uncle right. Moles So here <laughs> it, Okay what it What it comes down to is this Is that in my heart of hearts, I would like to be able to have a critical analysis of something and someone and not have to put a value on on them. I, even as I say it out loud, I don't know how to do it. How do I do this? I don't understand how to do this. Yeah, I don't. Like, how do I unconditionally love you? But you shouldn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is backwards for my therapy. <laughs> but you shouldn't. I, I, it, it, uh, okay, maybe not. Maybe maybe the person. Maybe the person. Okay, how about this? Okay, not I, for I the art. For the person, yeah. Wait, for the craft, you can be savagely judgmental yeah you but should the be person you must always love yes like don't hate the person hate the action but this is the other thing like i, <laughs> I honestly like i i 100 agree with you like um i never hate i mean it's like to a fault like i don't hate the person because like i i understand like the art is something different but like when you're talking about like this derivativeness or like um about taste like i think there's a part of it is like for me so much about experiencing art is about the experience itself right so if i enjoy it even if it is derivative mm -hmm. right like um what if you didn't enjoy it if i didn't enjoy it then that like that to me that's actually ultimately the greatest indictment well that there you go that's what that's what I mean about Oh, you didn't like the it. Taste. You didn't like it. Yeah. You didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't like it. But that doesn't mean it's bad. Right? Like that's what I mean. It's like how do I not like something and not place the value judgment of it as bad? Like I'm trying to create enough space where I cannot like something. And was it good? I mean, I'm asking because, like, I've certainly, a, I've, I've certainly liked. What do you mean? I don't, I don't understand how to explain that. So I, like, I, I, I've, I've certainly not good? liked things that were good, and I've liked things that were what, bad. What is? I'm not talking about ironically liking something. No, I'm not talking about ironically liking anything either. I'm yeah. just like, I, like, I, like something that just brought me joy. Like, oh, I had a great time here. I didn't anticipate it, and it was like fucking derivative, and it was horrible, and it was stupid. But I liked it. But you had a good time. I had a great time. For example, Jackass. I just watched Jackass forever. Literally not, derivative of the things that it just... It's not for me, but I had, a, I had a great time. Great time. Okay. So is that the... What if you... It's not for you and you didn't have a good time? Then that's bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's bad, right? Yeah, that's bad. And then well, if it's bad, I want to avoid having that experience again. Yeah. But you can't tell that to the person. You can't say that to the person. And also, I have to be able to value that person regardless of their work. Well, like how your, it, uh, what it comes down to is work does not equal worth. How about that? Yes, 100%. But what you're talking about is their work, right? Mm-hmm. Which you can mm-hmm. evaluate. Mm-hmm. Because as a creative person, you are putting something out. So <clears throat> you can... Yeah. It's supposed to be evaluated. Yeah, but that yeah. person is something separate. So separate. what we're actually getting to here is that Louis C.K. <laughs> is a pretty good person. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it's, Louis C.K. is the opposite case. Yeah. Because his, his actions have actually... I like re- the work. I n- don't like the person. You know? And you it, has, it. it actually has nothing to do with the work. You got it. You yeah, got it. it's you in spite it. of the work. Yes. Yeah. So I have to be able to do that for the uh, the other way too. If like if I don't like your work, I still have to be able to like you. Yeah, of course. You've never done that before. I've never had. I've had. I have. You've only been with ta- friends with talented, wonderful people. Unji, I just recounted to my friends, and I. This was one of the first times this has happened. Where I've been to someone's thing and I wasn't a fan of it. That's, crazy That's a hard to me. thing That's to That's crazy come- to me. That's crazy to me. You've been in comedy how long? That's fucking crazy. You've never been to a thing where you're like, oh, this is bullshit, but I love this person? I can't remember the last time. Okay, Before this. ladies and gentlemen, Peter Kim is I can't only friends the- with talented people that do good work. I mean, wow, what a joy! Can you? Yeah. What are you talking when? about? Name one person, their first and last name, and their <laughs> Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't think so. I don't know if I've, even if it wasn't like. Tr- transformative which you know it never is i i think most of our friends or most of the people in chicago that's true who are good they are are do good work so i don't think i've ever had friend i had a friend where uh, like a industry friend where i was like oh i don't okay. like your work welcome to la what are you even saying? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I've, I've in Chicago. I don't have that many. First of all, I don't have that many friends. Secondly, <laughs> I don't have that many. That might be the issue. But I also don't have that many friends where I don't like their, where I'm not a fan of their work. I'm usually a fan of their work. And maybe that has something to do with me. Wait, wait do you not even Maybe respect, I'm only friends with people that I. Do you not even respect I, the work? Like, no, the I, work I that, respect though. I always respect the work. Like if you're putting something up, yeah, you're putting something up, and that's so, respect, no matter yeah. what. I mean, I think regardless, at that level, though, like that's always. Regardless, though, I haven't been to some someone's thing in recent memory where I was like, "Oh boy," you know, like that's not something I'm usually do. Wait, can I just say this? What? As as two people that are going through the pandemic. 
Right? We're like living mm-hmm. through it. We are currently in it, even. <laughs> yeah. Some some would say. Oh yeah. <laughs> Only a very few stuff. Yeah, we would say. By the way, I was in an Uber tonight that like had this motherfucker had a sign that he like it's like printer paper, eight by seven blank page, like Kinko shit. He had uh, <sighs> written on with black Sharpie, no Karens, <gasps> no cards fans. <gasps> Cards fans like Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, and then yeah, no, no, uh, car- Cardinals, Saint, Cardinals, St. Louis okay. Cardinals fans. Okay. Underlined twice. No Karens. Underlined twice. Uh, no, uh, no vaccines. Get vac- Get vaccinated. And he had hooked it up to his back seat. Wow. <laughs> and like when we're talking about authenticity. <laughs> And not liking. Anyways, so I did appreciate that. But outside of that. That was fun. That, it was really it was really funny because I was just like, have you ever met a Karen? Has everyone, <laughs> anyone ever gotten into a cab? And he described one lady that got into the cab that was a Karen. But whatever. But what was interesting about all of this is like when you're describing um, having like, you know, this experience with like you know, making sure that like someone is like with you in terms of like taste and everything. Like, uh-huh. I think ultimately you got to kind of ask, does anyone's opinion matter? No, but my opinion matters to me. And it's like, that, it's, and it, like you want, that's what I'm taking away from it is that I critique it so that I apply the notes for my work. But that's it's it. not my it's but not my it. role. Yeah, but that's, that's it. it. <clears throat> it's not my role to make your work better. That's your job. My work is to make my work better. And what I what I like or don't like about what I see almost has nothing to do with you. It's nothing. my it's my reaction. And it's based on whatever my life, my lived experience slash my own taste or whatever, my my sensibilities. So whatever I react to, whether I feel it be derivative or whatever, that's just that that all that really means is that I am taking stock of what I want to put out. Okay. You know, or how I want to put out. And you're right. It should never get back to that person. Yes. My new thing is that now I'm starting to give the person more credit. Always. Before I used to make my opinion of your work color you as a person. And that I'm realizing is unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, it's a... Okay. It took me a long time. <laughs> I'm working it out with my therapist. I'm I mean, sorry. I mean, I mean, truly, like, I mean, like, inside of the pandemic, like, I've, I've given so many, so much more people grace about, like, what they put out. And it's, like, mm-hmm. radically changed how I view content. Yeah. Because I've seen content and watched content and, like, invested hours and hours and hours of my life to mm-hmm. shit that is truly heinous. 
like heinous, yeah. like yeah. top to bottom, like like some a story editor somewhere should have been like, hey, this don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Someone should have flagged this in the there, brainstorm. Yeah, there, there's no one's in charge anymore. You know what I mean? Like someone yeah. should have been like, no, this is this is bad. This is stupid. Yeah. But I, I think at this point in the pandemic, I'm like, you know, they're like fucking busy. <laughs> I mean, like, they gotta truly, pick up their kids. They gotta pick them, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I truly, I'm like so much more apologetic and I'm like very grateful for everything. And it's just like, and when shit, I want to get there. I want to get there. When That's shit, where when I shit be. turns out good, I'm just like so grateful. Yeah. See, <laughs> like, that's where I want to be. Gratitude. I I, yeah, I want to have more gratitude, and I want to be able to. But I also don't think have a lowered of- bar of expectation, so that I am happier. That's all gratitude is: It's taking that bar and shoving it down onto the ground. I, I will also say this: instead of the pandemic, I don't think that like the level of content has gone down precipitously or anything like that. I just think that like my attitude about it, my outrage about bad content, has changed. Yeah, and that's the entire business model for Netflix. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank See, you. I can't not judge. No, I mean, you're 100% right. Yeah. 100% correct. I can't tell you how many movies I've watched on Netflix at the end of which I've been like, so I'm like who greenlit what? this? Yeah, this who was greenlit such a this? waste of resources. Anyway. But, um, but we're but grateful it, for the jobs. Uh, I'm a grateful... <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to make things. I will say that. Well, anyway, all this to say, this was just a big fucking doo-doo fest about me feeling bad, about feeling not not being excited about my friend's thing, but being excited for him. You know, and, and, and trying to figure out how to live in that kind of more gray world of not being so my mom, basically. Of like, this is good, this is bad, you're good, you're bad, you know? And just kind of like having a more layered and textured conversation around my opinions. <laughs> can I tell you? That's it. That's can, it. I, can I tell you that yeah. my mom called me during my therapy session? Oh, God. Four times. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> was she outside, locked out? Yeah. Like, she was, like, she was expecting something and it didn't happen. And it was, like, increasing, you know, like. Oh, God. Um, I was telling my friend the other day, I was, like, you know, the only voicemails I forget are from my mom. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, like, those are the only. And it's, like, and I'll go through. And my voicemail box is full. So, if you do try to leave a message, good luck. Because I've my tried. mom's there. My mom's there. <laughs> I've seen that. She, and she's and it's full. And it's like if I ever try to like um, delete my mess my voicemail box, it's like my mom just being like Unjia, <laughs> Unjia, and I just delete beep, <laughs> Unjia, <laughs> Unjia. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like and then like a week later it's the same cycle Unjia. <laughs> oh god Unjia. like it's like it's you know a cycle where like this continues and continues uh-huh. but I, I don't i don't mind it or anything but whatever um outside of that <laughs> it's it's really funny to like kind of recognize your patterns of abuse <laughs> about like your parents and like judgment and stuff like because when in this in, inside of the four times that my mom had called and my therapist was there, and then I was finally like, listen, I have to take this call. 
And my therapist was like, okay, that's fine. And um, I answered the call and my mom just screamed mm. on speakerphone for uh-huh. a full two minutes oh my in God. Korean. And like, I'm standing there and I'm being like, whatever, you know, like I'm used to this and watching my white therapist's face <laughs> be like, what is this? Why is she being it's, like this to you? Why like, is she hurting you? Like, Tell her I to can, stop. I can just see her being like, I get what's happening to you. I see yeah. why you're like this. Like She lays down. You know what I mean? Like, like, she, oh, yes. I need just, a session, doc. She was, her eyes were so wide, uh-huh. more round than usual. You know what I mean? And <laughs> she was so crazy. And then finally I was like, oh my, like, I'm in therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally, I'm like, Jinja, like, right now on a therapy session. There's a silence. Why'd you pick up? Huh? Huh? Wait, like, crazy. 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 Uh, yeah, Dell crazy. crazy. And, like, Watching my therapist and like and afterwards, like her conversation with me about it was like one of those things where I'm less like, okay, you don't get it. <laughs> Sorry, Doc, gonna have to move on to an Asian female therapist. Nice try. You're really not getting it, but it's you like know. it's one of those things where like her judgment, like and so like my therapist just wanted to know so much more about it. It was just like her judgment, my mom's judgment, the thing that we live with in our minds all the time as Korean Americans is like. It's not just about judgment, right? It's not just about yes or no or like good or bad. It's also that you are good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's not like things that you're experiencing are good or bad yeah. or the fact that the art you saw is good or bad. Like it's so much more in dem- like embedded in the idea that if you watch something bad, then you <laughs> must be stupid yeah. for watching something that was bad. Yeah, and enjoying something bad. Yeah. But, you know, I'm never going to stop watching Emily in Paris, bitch, because I love it. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> I love Emily in Paris. Yeah, me too. Well, it just, it's bad. Yeah, it's it's uh, see, it's bad. I, yeah, it's I, I, I no, I think there's a difference between bad and it not being great. It's just not great. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I think it's actually possibly good yeah because we like it so much it's yeah and it's 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 whatever it is what it is the outfits are great and you get to turn your brain off it's jackass forever you know what i mean like sometimes you just have to turn your brain off all right we went a little long today but we couldn't help it because we got back together so this is where the episode uh will end we're gonna do an i go fresh next week but we love you guys and keep listening and get ready for the DC show. And I promise I will not judge you too hard. Or at least if I do, I'll still love you. Unconditionally. <laughs> <laughs> love y'all. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.